Welcome to the KB and Live is brought to you by Dugout Bait and Tackle. Dugout Bait and Tackle is the premier kayak fishing outfitter in Kayak Bass Nation. Go to dugoutfishing.com, get all the gear you need for your kayak fishing tournament season. Also presented by ProGuide Lithium. Go to ProGuideBatteries.com, find everything you need to power everything in and on your kayak. Kimmy and Live is also sponsored by Western Sun Vodka, made right there in Pilot Point, Texas. Go to westernsundistillery.com, use their bottle finder option to find a retailer near you. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. I forgot I shortened that thing down, right? I wasn't quite almost right. <laughs> I, I didn't know there was a new one, so I was kind of confused myself. I was almost not ready, but here we are, man. Happy almost Monday, everybody. Ready. Yeah, almost how you doing, ready. man? You wore out? Yeah. Oh yeah. I came home. I came in early. We had uh, we had a day full of doctor's appointments and stuff today, so. I got out of Florida pretty early. I got to one last ramp that was closed on Sunday morning, and that was pretty much all I needed to see. I hung a left and got back on the interstate. See you later. Oh, man, man, man. Uh, I know the opener wasn't quite what you wanted it to be but uh, from a fishing perspective. But did you have a good time seeing everybody? That's the most fish that I've caught in a tournament in Florida. Really? So, yeah, I was not upset with it at all. Pre-fishing, and, you know, it's always like this. It's always warm and sunny and beautiful the whole week and then uh tournament morning we were all kind of taken back a little bit by the brisk north wind and and it was like 47 degrees at the ramp we put in at and i luckily found a pair of random sweatpants under the back seat of my truck that probably saved my life because it was freezing out there i was watching the uh okeechobee elite series event and i saw that that wind blowing in on fox sports uh saturday oh, yeah. morning i thought oh god if it's that far south it's got to be hitting those boys up on harris chain too and sure enough it was but it was blustery pretty much yeah. all day yeah our guest tonight didn't have a problem with it uh, he didn't yeah somebody in the comments already said his name is ewing major after this past weekend it's ewing minor we've got ewing with us uh the minor brothers were all over that leaderboard once again so not a big surprise that they were starting their season off with a bang we'll, we'll talk to ewing here in just a little bit about his big win um being down there, Ryan, how was it with the rule changes? Did you notice any at all impact with the ramps, uh, defined ramps, things like that? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm sure some, some ramps were way overcrowded. Ours really wasn't. I think we may have had like a dozen people. It was Matt Ball and Jody Queen and uh, Brady Stores, uh, Pendergraph, Matt Scotch, uh, Nolan Miner. Like it was all people that knew what they were doing. I guess what I'm trying to say. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't some big charade of, you know, you don't know how to park or or unload yeah. or anything. I did see some of that pre-fishing. Like <laughs> there was like a big enclosed trailer, and I'm waiting behind it for them to manually load their kayaks. You know, carry them up from the water there to load in this enclosed trailer. And I'm like, okay, this is finally over. Now I can I can load my kayak. But when they pull off, there's like another truck with this trailer, like jackknifed across across a two lane boat ramp. And I was like, God, 
never mind. There, there was a guy that used to fish a lot of kayak tournaments. I don't know that he does anymore down in Texas. Robert Morton, hell of an angler, really good angler. And he would always come to Lake Fork. He had a garage on wheels, one of those big enclosed trailers, mm -hmm. carried two Hobies, every piece of equipment you can imagine. He used to fix everybody's boats that they'd break on Lake Fork. Yeah. Uh, but he knew how to back it down and get out of the way. He didn't, he didn't yeah. do that. So those are handy. I think uh, for the enclosed trailers, like you said, maybe over to the side or so. Like, I think if you're, you know, truck bed loading or, you know, something you're going to have to use a card or something anyway, maybe just try to keep that off to the side and let the, flow of trailers because those florida boat ramps man like it's not just kayakers like these are retired people that are out on their bass boats like every day of the week so there's not really a slow time out there so i was about to mention this but it looks like he is in the facebook <clears throat> comments ryan thompson said then there was me the guy that got his trailer completely totaled dude for, <laughs> for a quick <laughs> minute man and our page <laughs> there was a picture of a guy that got backed into by a nebraskan kind of t-boned the tongue of his trailer i never i thought the post got deleted or something because i never saw the follow-up well i went and looked for it after you guys were talking about it in the group chat and i was like what is going on here and i couldn't find it and i was like man this is strange strange happenings yeah ryan let us know in the comments did that get resolved did the popo arrive did you get the, the guy's info and get that taken care of or what did you make it home how'd you get home that's crazy and yeah. i mean just for anybody that ever actually damages someone else's property always like leave a little note or contact or whatever, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be that big of a deal. Usually if you talk it out or, you know, pay for <laughs> the damages or whatever, it's not, not that big of a deal. Yeah. Hit and wonder, runs are uh, no bueno. Yeah. I wonder how he fixed it. Him hit I don't know. Side. I was thinking, man, I don't know what you could do. Like maybe turn the trailer on its side and try to have a couple of big boys jump on that tongue <laughs> or something. I don't know. I don't know. Some crazy. Uh, did you hear anything about the new payout scale down there, man? Did anyone well, there was uh, leading up to it. There were a couple of people that were asking questions like, has a payout been published? You know, do we have any idea what it's going to be, you know, with, I think we were at what, 150 some odd anglers. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I feel like seven grand is pretty solid for 150 yeah. anglers, but I think that 10 grand mark is the key. And I know attendance will affect that a lot. I would like to see, um, you know, a, a fairly specific round numbers uh, pay scale, just so as you're signing up, you kind of know what you need to hit to get to a certain certain tier. Yeah, I kind of um, like that they they split the difference between what Bass was doing and what they were previously doing with Hobie. Toward that, they didn't go like 25% deep in the field, but bumping it up to 15 got a few more people some their entry fee plus gas money to get home. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I did notice with the ramps. We had several update emails throughout the week. So like as you were pre-fishing, you may have pre-fished a ramp one day and then it was not legal the next. So that's something that I think the TDs are going to learn, you know, and I, t I called Steve on the way home. and I was like, hey, man, any ramps that you put on that's like an RV park or, you know, these like pay launches where they're privately owned, but they're open to the public make sure they understand like the number of people that are coming and that kind of thing. Cause I think that overwhelmed some of these smaller RV park type pay ramps and, and they just said, we're not going to do it. So they just, they just closed up shop said no. Yeah. So, so that yeah. ramp I, I drove to the last day, which was my fault because I didn't read the latest update. Even I guess I, I clicked the second update or something. Uh, it, the name of it was still on there. So I just typed it in my Google machine and that one had been closed and another one had been opened up somewhere in the, in the general geography. But by that point I was already pretty solidly pissed off and heading back to the house. 
I got you. Yeah, I figure there's going to be a slight adjustment period for the anglers and the TDs with some of the new adjust, new rules. But overall, looked like it went pretty dang well from from a distance. You know, I wasn't down there. I think so. I mean, I haven't heard any stories of uh, you know potentially shady <laughs> happenings down there. So yeah, so yeah. that's uh, always a huge improvement when you have that much backwater in play. I feel like yeah. yeah. And uh, the janitor, Steve Fields, was out and about. He had some great footage from pre-fishing and throughout the tournament, even some live video stuff. So he did uh, he's job. trying to, he's stepping it up, man. Oh, Steve's out there. Steve's out there, man. He's doing yeah, it. Yeah, literally, he's out there. Yeah. Uh, what else we got, man? Uh, oh, I got a reminder from Steve. Got some corrected info. The next big tournament on the docket is not this weekend, but the next, Gunnersville, Lake Gunnersville. Yeah, baby. Ryan's hometown, basically, yeah, in the backyard baby. there. Uh, registration ends this Friday for that at 10 p.m. So be aware right there. Lake Gunnersville, March 4th and 5th. That'll be my first tournament, right? I'm going to be there. You're going to love it. You're going to have a great see time. You. Coming to see you, man. And I have a great time. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody knows where I can quickly and easily locate my Bassmaster ID number, <laughs> I'd appreciate that. I search Bassmaster in my emails and I have hundreds, hundreds of emails from Bassmaster, none of them have my number on it. So if I think you help. can log into Bassmaster and then it'll show it to you. How do you log that, into it? That email is your username, and then you can probably just do a reset out of your password or something. I don't know. I tried to log into it and ask my Bassmaster ID and my zip code, and I was like, well, here we are. What I would do is go to Steve's house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Everyone go to Steve's house. Sedman Hills will knock on his door. Yeah, and he'll he'll tell you. He's probably got a, he's got a list somewhere. Uh, what else happened before we get uh, Ewing in here? Oh, there were some kind of funny threads, but infor, infor, you know, sharing information as well threads on the new KBT, Ryan. <laughs> so, so I saw that th- that I guess it was like a screenshot of their page or whatever uh, that got shared. Like what, you know, I didn't know what it was, honestly, KBT, like, but, you know, wasn't very descriptive in my opinion. And then once I started reading the comment section, I realized that apparently that's going to be the new team model that was KFL. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So KFL is now rebranded to the kayak bass team series. And from all indications to my people on the ground, they're changing the, from games to matches, which is the first step okay. in the right direction. Okay, that's good. So there we go. Now they're 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 making a lot of changes, from what I understand. Uh, new teams, different teams, reorganized teams, uh, different people in charge. So we'll see. Didn't some people reach out and want to come on the show about that, Ryan? Yeah. Yep. We we got a couple of guests lined up to come on and uh, and talk about it. And, you know, we've we've had a great time poking fun at this deal. Um, but in the beginning, you know, when you first saw the model, you first saw the propaganda that was being spun out to the sponsors, it was pretty apparent that it, there was a lot of misdirection going on as far as views and engagement and, and numbers that are very easily measured via analytics software. Uh, so that was kind of what what threw up a red flag in the beginning. Uh, it is fun to make memes and laugh about this stuff because, it, you know, it imploded just like it was said that it was going to. So, you know, you can't be like, oh, KBN hates the world or whatever. If people can post here, they can post anything. It's a public forum. Will will I laugh at it? I definitely will. 
Yeah, but definitely. I'll also offer advice to these guys when they DM us or whatever, or let them come on the show and talk about it like we did last time KFL launched. I mean, we're here for it, man. So Yeah. And you know what? I I mean this in all, all seriousness. If they do it, put out a good product, I wish them the best success, and I will cheer for them dudes and, and give them props if they put out the good product. So, And I think they can, depending on who they got in, you know, running the show. So we'll talk to them here soon. Uh, yeah. KBBT. KBBT? Just KBT. Not anymore, pal. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. We'll get them on here before long. Uh, let's talk sponsors, then we'll get Ewing in here. Of course, yeah. dugout bait and tackle, the presenting sponsor of this entire show. We appreciate them. Did I see they tricked out a cag for Mister AJ McWhorters this week? I think AJ is going to come back to fishing, from what I hear. Yeah, ever since the bridge incident, he's kind of been out of tournaments, but he's ready to make a comeback. He don't get intimidated out of kayak fishing, AJ, please. Yeah, yeah. So he had a pretty sick rig that Dugout was doing. They've done a bunch of good ones down there. But yeah, Dugout Bait and Tackle, DugoutFishing.com. Did I see the Carson Newman team, I think, swung by there this week too on the way to a tournament? I heard there were some, yeah. I heard there were some kayaks in the backs of trucks. Yeah. All right. So uh, Dugout Bait and Tackle. Then we got Pro Guide Lithium. The next tournament we have is Bass, obviously, Bassmaster on Gunnersville, and it is a motor allowed tournament. So the Pro Guides will be coming in clutch oh, yeah. for that one if you're motorized fella or lady um then of course western sun and revo we're not doing a revo gun giveaway tonight but we will next week uh, with our guest next week every other week we're doing that but we would appreciate if you would share the stream anyway on facebook and if you're on youtube just tell us where you're watching from and hit the if you're watching just go ahead and hit the like button and that somehow helps us on youtube so we appreciate you over there no one really knows how youtube works but yeah i don't know it just sends it out something. into the youtube ether and then we rise up somehow the top of the mountain uh and one more thing ryan before we get you in Uh-oh. special shout out to the audio listeners our audio podcast keeps growing and growing and growing and obviously it wouldn't do that if people weren't listening over there so we appreciate you guys so if you are listening on apple uh i want to say itunes but it's now called apple podcast apple podcast spotify wherever leave us a review over there tell us what we can do better Tell us your favorite episode. Tell us anything, but leave us a review over there or follow us. But we appreciate you guys on the audio podcast. We might not listen to your advice on what we should do better, but please tell us anyway. Yeah, yeah. We need we need the reviews, uh, but we just appreciate the, the downloads and listens anyway. So there you go. All right. With that said, how about we get the young gun in here, my man? He's probably in bed now. It's late. Might be. He's tired. Dun, dun, dun. How's it going? The Wall of Fame. The Wall of Fame. How you doing tonight? You tired? I'm I'm fairly tired. I got a <clears throat> well last night after awards we we left and drove about halfway. Stopped at a at a truck stop and tried to sleep. Didn't get much sleep, but uh, got back. Went to class and took a little bit of a nap so I wouldn't fall asleep during the middle of this podcast. Uh, boy, You deserve a nap. You're a young How man. was the truck you can hack it. it was pretty terrible. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was just, I mean, it was a, a loves, which is usually really nice, but it was just a really small one and bathrooms weren't great, but you know, I'll, it had a McDonald's for a, for an egg McMuffin in the morning to get me going. So it's good enough. Did you take uh, Jordan Marshall's advice on truck stop showers? Is that how you ended up there? No, I just <laughs> needed somewhere to stop, and there was a convenient place about halfway. 
Marshall called today and he was like, Hey, where are you, Lambert? And I was like, we're in like the Piedmont doctor's office in downtown Atlanta. And he's like going down the interstate through downtown. And he's like, I just passed that. I would have stopped. <laughs> he spent a little extra time down there in Florida re- recouping, I think. Bless him. Well, we're going to talk about Jordan a little bit because I think you had a, you had eyes on Jordan for a lot of this tournament, didn't you? Yeah, I had. Yeah. Oh, yes. We'll get into oh, that boy. here in a little bit. But first, yeah, first of all, man, congrats. Congrats on <laughs> getting the year started like that. Um, big win for you, man. Yeah, it was it was a pretty special weekend. I've, I mean, day one, I've never caught even fun fishing. I haven't caught fish like that in my life. It was just lights out. That's crazy, though, that, I mean, it just, <laughs> to be in that proximity <laughs> and it's on fire one place and and uh and not the next so tell us about you coming down for the tournament because you weren't in town like pka and all week like you weren't you know down there on last saturday practicing all week so when did you come in and how did you kind of determine like well this is where i'm gonna roll my dice and, and see how the tournament plays out well i drove down thursday after class got in around i think 1 a.m uh and i practiced on yale on friday i found a bunch of fish just no size um that was kind of the oddball in the thrown into the the tournament since it's not directly attached to the harris chain being that i fished those college those two college tournaments in january i had seen the whole harris chain i had spent a couple hours on yale and I liked the lake, but it just, things changed a lot and it wasn't what I was expecting. So I really just, during practice for the the college event, it was our second day down there in Florida after, um, out of 11 days, we were graphing along and we found a, a grass patch in Lake Dora. There's not a whole lot of grass in there. It's just a mud hole and we made a couple casts in it and my fishing partner caught like a four pounder and as he was bringing it in the boat one bit me and i shook it off he dropped a waypoint on it and left and i hadn't thrown a cast on it between then and tournament morning but so why didn't so this is a good story why didn't you get to fish that during the college tournament well, so the during the MLF college tournament, we went to run over there. There was a boat sitting on it. So we ran through, went to Beauclair, caught like five for maybe four pounds. It was pretty, pretty terrible. Lots of fish, but lots of small ones. And we ran back to try to get on it again. There was still a boat on it. And we just kind of scrapped that deal. We went to Harris and that's where we spent the rest of the day there and all of our fish that we weighed in in both tournaments were off of Harris. But during the Bassmaster event, we didn't even try to go to the that grass patch because we knew, I mean, it's a very popular area, uh, that part of the, the lake over there near the, the Dora Buclair Canal. So people were graphing all over it. It's everyone knew about it that was fishing the tournament. And it was boat number six, I believe, is what they were. They went 
and they started on it. They had 29 pounds on day one and then <laughs> day two and they ended up winning the event. And I had some buddies that fished there on our team. They got a top 10. I knew that the fish lived there. It's kind of a perfect staging area since I think where the water's so muddy on Dora that a lot of the fish leave that lake and go to Beauclair to spawn. And that's, that's kind of, that's their stopping point. So in the college, in the college tournament, there's obviously a lot of competition getting to the spot. Uh, how did that set up different for the kayak tournament? Did you guys have a lot of other people out there or was it pretty much just you and you and Marshall staring each other in the eyeballs all day? I mean, there were, there were tons of people over there at that ramp, but I, I mean, I was stressed because I, knowing how many people had, had found it during the college, event, I thought surely a bunch of people were going to be going. And I just, I took off pedaling as hard as I could. I was I maintained five miles an hour in a K12 360 for, I don't know, probably only four or five minutes, but I did get smoked by an old town. Um, they, you go to the wrong spot though, apparently. Um, well, Jordan he hit the I grass and had to clean his prop. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Uh, Jordan and I were, were going straight straight across to that, that spot, and everyone started hanging a left going to, to Beauclair. So we just slowed down and took it easy the rest of the way and never never even had a single person look like they were going to come try to fish, fish that spot. So, well, And to kind of elaborate on what Edwin was saying, all the people going to Beauclair that launched with them, so the only ramp that was actually on Beauclair – didn't open till 8 a.m. So if you wanted to be fishing it for first cast, you had to launch on Dora and go through. How, how does that work down there? Is there canals that connect all these lakes? Is that the deal? Yeah. No, you don't have to like lock through, just open there. canals. Well, Apopka and Griffin both have canal or locks to get to them. And the Apopka lock is fits three boats at a time. It's terrible. People take forever to get over there. And when they're spawning, that's the place to be. That's also every alligator in central Florida lives on a popka. All of them. Well, and Buffalo. Apparently that's where they put the the nuisance gators. So I heard that oh. and I didn't know if that was just Thomas and messing with me because I had like eight gators around me while I was trying to play with those buffalo the other day. And he's like, you know, that's where they put the nuisance gators. I was like, why would you do that to these people? One of one of my buddies on the on the team he he was fishing over there and and someone told him like hey be careful around these gators like so if someone's say someone lives right next to a canal and a gator eats their dog they'll come and catch it and take it to a popka take it to a popka <laughs> that's why i didn't see any dogs out there yeah they don't right. they don't bother the giant buffalo though dude there were six of them like in a semicircle watching these buffalo like <laughs> lay around on the edge of the water and i was like this is like national geographic about to go down right here i felt like snoop dog narr narrating national geographic were any, were any of them big enough to take a buffalo you think ryan if they no. teamed up maybe not any of the ones i saw i heard there was like a 14 footer over there way back there's, in the canal but i didn't see them there's some giant gators i've seen that one in the canal it's it's lived there for a couple of years from what i've heard wow 
tell us about this spot, man. When you, you know, sometimes these, these magical spots can be the size of a, you know, small car or they can be 50 yards wide. Uh, tell us about that a little bit. It's about 50 to 60 yards wide. There's, they spray a lot in Florida. So finding green grass is key. And it was a hydrilla milfoil mix, which most of the living grass in that lake is eelgrass. And I mean, I'm sure, sure Ryan knows from his experience on Gville that eelgrass 90% of the time is terrible. Um, Unless it's the only grass. <laughs> Yeah, then it's uh, all right. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a, a small grass patch on a point, and the fish. I don't. I know there's a ton of fish in there because on day two I turned on my live scope and there's just fish swimming everywhere in it. Uh, but I don't know if they were reloading or if they were just setting up and becoming active, and that's why I would hit flurries. But it was. I don't know how it held that many fish. It's pretty incredible. Do you think you were catching them coming and going? Like they were going to spawn and coming off the spawn? Or was, did they spawn there yet? I was catching both pre- and post-spawn fish, so definitely. Yeah, okay. So with Marshall in that close of a proximity to you, why was he catching all the tiny little fish and you were catching the giant fish, do you think? So I started off the morning. We were both just winding our jackhammers around like, you know, like you typically. Like, like boys will do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> boys being boys. <laughs> and so uh, winding their jackhammers. And I, I ripped my, my jackhammer out of some grass and my hand slipped off the reel. And as, my, as I was going to get my, my hand back on the reel to start reeling again, one knocked the crap out of it and that was a 21-incher. So then, you know, I threw a couple casts, not really thinking much about it. Didn't, didn't get any bites. So then I, I tried ripping it out of a clump of grass and just killing it and letting it fall back to the bottom. And I caught another big one and then another big one. And what? every single, every single fish over 18 inches that I caught on day one, ate my jackhammer as it was falling back to the bottom. So you and, didn't you didn't tell Jordan that that's illegal these days, right? You can't, yeah, I, I really want to, but I it was hard for me to not you know just just seeing one of my my good friends struggling like that, and, and you just look over and keep smiling as you're hoisting those right. giants like, out of the water, like sorry, dog. <laughs> I think <laughs> it probably didn't help when I had I don't know, ninety four inches or something, and I was just sitting off of it trying to let him you know figure it out and 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 catch a few bigger ones and he caught us he set the hook on a small one i was like well he hasn't had a bite in 15 minutes i was like maybe they're getting fired up and i fire out there and catch a 21 after he pulls in a was was he just not doing the retrieve correctly was that it he was just winding it that's you, you had to kill it those this fish. reminds me, Jeff, of that picture that we posted of Jacob Penny with his hand off the reel in that Jackson yeah, photo right. shoot. Maybe this is what maybe this is what uh, what he was doing that whole time. It's called the ghost retrieve. Ghost retrieve. That's smart. That's smart. That's tough, man. 
especially it being a jackhammer bite. And as you said, you know, Marshall's kind of the jackhammer wizard for the most part <laughs> to sit out there and have to bear witness to not only anyone doing it, but Prince Edwin doing it makes it sting a little more. I feel like. I usually don't throw a jackhammer that much. It's one of those baits. I'm like, well, I'm at this tournament, especially kayak tournaments. I'm like, I know everyone in the field's throwing it. I want to throw something different, but. But then that's you, why everybody throws it. When, yeah, that's that's true. When you're, in Florida, <laughs> when you're in Florida, if you're not throwing a golden shiner jackhammer, you're probably getting beat by it. Yeah. You, you know, it's kind of deja vu to what happened to your brother down at Caddo. He was sitting there with Nelly, TOC champ. Mm-hmm. Same spot. And Nelly's just catching giants and your brother's struggling to catch him right next to him. So Yeah, except except Nelly had that that certain bait. That's right. That's which right. makes it would make it a little less frustrating if if it was just I don't have the right bait. But when you're throwing the same thing in the I mean it's it's not like we were on two different parts of the grass. We were sitting on the one stretch, the wind was blowing at our backs, but at a slight angle. So, you know, as you're trying to stay off of it, it kind of blow you across it. And we were just, you get to the end of the grass line and you loop back to the front and you start over again. And yeah, it's, if I was in his situation, I would, I would be very frustrated too. Uh, I heard from the man himself. He had a bit of a uh, Marshall meltdown. A yeah. Had meltdown uh, as they were. Calling. Really? Yeah, did you have your GoPro on at Ewing? Did you well, have any I bought, of that? so on the way down, I bought everything. I got all the mounting stuff and chargers, everything for to run a GoPro. And then I realized I left my GoPro in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, boy. Yeah, that one really, really would have been a nice day to have on camera. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, frankly, Ryan, I'm disappointed in Jordan's ability to uh, observe what was going on. If he was yeah, that I mean, to... could you have like held your jack camera up and dropped it and looked at him like, just, <laughs> just kill it, bro. Just drop I, it. I, like, I, what? <laughs> like that's, that's, that's a gray area. I don't know if I'd be able to do that, but I mean, he could have, could have looked at, just sat there and watched. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's probably what I would have done to, in his situation, just watch, be like, all right, what is he doing different? Because we had communicated before the tournament about, Hey, like, let's fish this spot together. Um, we've been working a lot together ever since that state championship that we fished together on Chickamauga. We've been going fishing a bunch. We've become really close. But before the tournament, I knew I wanted to practice on on Yale. So I told him he was fishing in that area. And I was like, hey, go check this out. I don't know if there will still be fish there. I said, if they're there, it would probably be enough for both of us. Um and I mean, I I really wanted him to catch him. It 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 hurt me to to sit there and and not be able to say, hey, when you rip it out of the grass, stop reeling. But I guess that's why they they changed those rules because it would have probably would have stirred things up a little bit on the leaderboard if if I was able to tell him that. Right, yep. right. Fair I enough. think we're moving in the right direction on the you know, share, sharing info stuff, that kind of thing. I mean, I think, I still think we have a long way to go <laughs> as far as <laughs> kind of bringing some more legitimacy into the deal, but I definitely think we're moving in the right direction. 
Yeah, I sure. will say I I really like the I said it at Cato. I'll say it again. I love the um, the designated launches because the worst part about fishing a kayak tournament is when you you go and you start pedaling to this spot on the first day of the tournament. Then you realize, oh, there's a ramp closer to it, and everyone beat me there. Yeah, or there or there's not even a ramp. Remember that hole that I fished on Eufaula that was forty miles up that creek. And I get all the way up there, and there's already a kayak in there. Oh, he dropped off the bridge back here. I'm like, come on, come on, guys. Like, stuff like that. I don't care if you want to outwork me for it, but damn, little little uh, gray area shortcuts aren't aren't the way, I don't think. Yeah, I think it's good. And I think it helps with pre-fishing and a lot of other things as well. It eliminates that gray area. Um, I've got the your, your day one up on the screen. Obviously, day one, I want you to take us through day one as it developed for you. Uh, and you know how quickly you figured out the deal you just described to us, but 108 inches, man, 108 inches. You caught three 21s, a 21 and a quarter, and a 24 and a quarter. Uh, what a way to start the year for you know just for the entire tournament season to get off with somebody busting 100 inches. But how'd that feel, man? To crack 100 on on day one. It was. It didn't really feel real. Like I was just sitting there, like, am I gonna keep calling? And every time I'd start fishing again, I'd call, but it started off early. I mean, I started smashing them early on. I had 94 inches at probably nine o'clock. And I think by nine 30, I had, I had 98 or something. Um, and then I just, I, I really just backed off and I watched Bass Live, TikTok, YouTube, <laughs> Uh, and then Steve Fields pulled up, so I decided I'd make a couple casts, and I caught a 21 and a quarter that put me over 100 inches. And then I gave it a rest again, and I just sat there. And, well, no, I guess when I caught that 21 and a quarter, because with the new communication rules, I wasn't sure what all I was allowed to do as far as contacting people outside of the tournament. And we talked, discussed the rules a little bit. So I, I called my mom and since I hadn't submitted my fish, I couldn't tell her what I had. So I was just, she was she, at first she was like, shouldn't you be fishing? You only have four. And I was like, Oh, I'm just enjoying the weather. Like, don't worry. It's, I was like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm having a good time out here. Like I'm sandbagging mom. And we just, we, just, we talked about all sorts of random stuff for hours. And, and when, I was keeping an eye on the leaderboard and I saw Justin called up to 99.75. And I just, I said, hold on. I've crush I've, him. I, 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 said, <laughs> I, told her, I said, hold on. I've, I've got to, I've got to make a few more casts. And I think I made four or five casts and caught that 24 and a quarter. No way. Just casual. <laughs> yeah. Well, Justin's still fishing, so hang on a minute. I'm Hold on, Mom. Or... Hold on, Mom. I'll be right but, back. I mean, I really shouldn't have landed that one. It was, like I said, I, I killed my bait, and when I went to reel it again, it felt like it was just really bogged down in grass, and I was yanking on it, doing all sorts of stuff, trying to get it out, and then it shook its head, and I just started reeling, and – as soon as it hit the surface, if that fish jumped, I wouldn't have landed it. It stayed down. I thought it was a catfish forever because one of my buddies caught a like a 
10 or 12 pound channel cat off that, that grass clump during practice for the Bassmaster event. Um, and it, when I got it up to the surface, I saw what it was. As soon as it opened its mouth, my jackhammer came out. I got the net under it, scooped it up and I, I did some, some screaming and yelling and luckily no one, no one heard and slid to investigate, but, um, was Marshall still there when you thought that one? No, he was not. He had okay. You could just hear his face beating off the that, been the driver's end of side window of his truck. Yeah, I Marshall. think at that point, because his plan B was where Justin caught him. That's what he said. And <laughs> I think he was over there. Uh, he he did. He said he hooked a couple solid fish, but they just came unbuttoned. Um, nothing you can really do about that, but. I mean that that fish put me at 107 something at 24 and a quarter and i sat there until 15 minutes 10 or 15 minutes before last cast and i was sitting there thinking this is a very popular area i know a bass boat's gonna slide in after i leave this so it's like i'm just gonna make a few more casts and and try to try to get a big another big bite or something since I got that 24 later in the day. And I ended up catching a 21 incher to call out 20 at Cullen 20s. You dirty yeah, dog, you that, that was the one that, that put me up over that that 108 mark that, that set the record for the, the one day. Yeah, that was unreal. Let me ask you this. Did you talk to Justin, Cody, Shane, any of the other guys that did well on day one? I, uh, after the fact, were they doing the same? Did they figure out the same deal or were they doing something different? No, they didn't. Um, I'm not exactly sure how Justin was fishing. I know he was he was throwing a number of different baits, but really he was just from what looking at it on a map since talking to Jordan in practice – you know, we went through the different places that he was checking out and he said based off of how he described the area, it seemed like it was a, a spawning area that the fish would, would pull up into and and it's not necessarily the same, but the fish were going in there for the same reason, you know, to and from the spawn. Whether they're pre spawn or post spawn, they don't go too far afterwards. But, uh, Shane yeah. was Shane threw a jackhammer all day and wore them out. A lot of the people in the top 10 were just slinging jackhammers. It was crazy because pre fishing, I didn't hardly get bit at all on a jackhammer. My deal was like a flipping and speed worm type deal. Well, if I understand it right, day two, the weather changed, wind shifted right out of the south or out of the north, like northeast on day two. Uh, no, yeah, well, so day two started northeast, and then it worked all the way around the clock. Yeah. I got you. So run us through day two, man. Was it just rinse and repeat on day two? Same day thing over Day two again? was pretty miserable um, as far as the size goes that I was catching compared to what I was expecting and just the overall situation. I don't think the lack of wind, what was – is what messed me up. I had bass boats 
constantly running over the grass. I don't know why I'd stand up, wave my arms like a madman. They just act like they never saw me and run 50 yards in front of me right over top of the grass and mm. grass fish do not like motors, uh, especially ones that are that pressured. So I, every time a bass boat would, would run over top of it, I wouldn't get bit for 10, 15 minutes afterwards. And it was, seemed like every 10 or 15 minutes, the bass boat was running over. Um, the, I caught those two 19 somethings early on in the morning and I mean, almost back to back cast. Steve was there for both of those, but since there were, there were bass boats running over the grass, I backed off of it a little bit and caught those two, which really helped settle me down a lot. And from then on, I I switched it up a little bit, tried dragging a worm since it was, it was, uh, um, and I caught, I caught fish on a worm. I caught fish on a drop shot. Nothing that ended up helping me at the, at the day, but I guess it was, I had a really long lull in the middle of the day. I flipped some reeds nearby for maybe 15 minutes. And then I just got, uh, was like, why am I doing this? I know the fish are here. I just got to stay there. Um, and I went back out there and I actually had to turn on my, my electronics. Well, I had just the map up previously in the day before, but I had to turn on my live scope and actually target the, the taller portion of grass throughout that, that patch of grass. I think with the boats running over, they went into the thickest stuff they could get. And I caught, I think it was in the last hour that 20 and a quarter and the 17 and a quarter maybe. Um, but it was, it was a grind on, on day two. I was catching, I caught more fish on day two than I did on day one, but I made 10 times many casts and they were much smaller, um, but just stuck to it, sat on that spot kept throwing the jackhammer and the fish, they were, they were definitely acting finicky because they were, they were eating it funny on day one. All the fish that I had were, except for the one the big one were hooked, you know, in the roof of the mouth way back. And on day two, I was getting them in the corners, just barely skin hooked, you know, in the bottom jaw. Uh, they just weren't, a lot of them were missing it. I'd get like five or six bites that knock two foot of slack in my line per fish that I'd hook. And then I lost, I jumped off probably eight or 10 bass on day two, three of those being in that 19 to 21 inch range, but didn't end up mattering too much. I might've been able to, to pop a, BDH on his his seminal two day total. If I had <laughs> those three, but you know can't 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 be that lucky to to break two records in one week. But, I'd say you did enough. It seems like yeah, I I caught it caught enough. I was still I was still stressed when I was before I had caught that twenty and a quarter and the the seventeen and a quarter at the end of the day because I felt like. You saw what I had on day one. That can just as easily happen to anyone because the fish get so concentrated down there on that chain of lakes that you can 
you could it could happen in five cast. I mean that that place has a lot of big fish. They're smart. They're finicky, and it takes a long time to find fish. Uh, I'm sure everyone that fished down there noticed. If you just go down the bank fishing, you probably won't catch but a fish every mile. Uh, whereas if and then you go find one one little stretch of grass and you can catch them out of it all day. And I'm not sure if that's just the way that chain of lakes is or if it's where they, they decide to pull a ufall on them and just spray all the grass. Uh, I saw – I was watching the Elite Series some on Saturday, and I saw the guy that ended up, ended up winning it, Rivet, last name Rivet from Louisiana, <laughs> live scoping in a canal – for all the days he was down there catching them on jerk baits, was I thought was like sacrilegious compared to how you should catch them on Okeechobee. But when I saw that happening, I thought, and then I saw your name up on the leaderboard, I thought, man, I wonder if Ewing's scoping them up there on Harris Chain. But then I, on your day one pictures, I noticed your your deuce are just laying in the floor. You didn't even have it deployed, did you? <laughs> no, I did not. I didn't even have 2D sonar or anything on uh, on day one because since when I get especially fishing grass, I try to leave my electronics off as much as possible. Those fish, I mean, they'll all pile in there and they will bite if you don't pressure them too hard, especially on community holes like that. And I disable all sonar, down scan, side scan, 2D, live scope, make sure it's all off so I don't have anything pinging. The only thing that I have is, is my fins flapping around down there. But on day two, I it definitely helped out a little bit at the end when I brought out the scope again. Day two looked like, and I mean, Ryan, you talked to Shane some. Day two was like moving day, it looked like. There was tons of guys that came back from like 50th and 40th place all the way up into the top 20, top 15. Matt Millard jumped all the way to the top 10. Uh, one of my teammates, uh, Dontrell Sullivan, jumped all the way to 14th from like, I think, 51st. What happened on day two, do you guys think, that made that leaderboard flip like that? I think it was just people were, were one, people were getting kind of dialed in on, on what they were doing after the first day. And then really just probably the biggest factor is the lack of wind. People were able to fish what they wanted to. People were able to sight fish. And it just opened up a whole lot of a whole lot more water that was unfishable the day before. I think on day one, people tried to focus on areas that were maybe out of the wind. And if they did well, they, you know, they fished it so hard on day one because they were limited to that area, like a small canal or something that the fish had pulled up in spawning. I think a lot of people fish that stuff out on day one. It didn't replenish for day two. There's no reason for a whole new batch of fish to pull up in there on a cold front. So I think people kind of fish their stuff out. And then day two was like, it was scramble day, you know, try to figure out plan B and they might have scrapped plan B on day one mentally because they couldn't get to it. So they're like, "Uh Oh, like now what do I do? Yeah. It was cool to see that it, you know, gives folks for the season, seeing it in the first tournament for the season to kind of know, Hey, if you, as long as you got a limit on day one, you got a fighting chance, right? If you have a limit, you got a fighting chance. I think probably 80, like around the 80 inch mark was the, I think the fighting chance mark probably on day one of this tournament to, you know, to put yourself in position to, to make that move. Cause what was, what cut a check? It was like a, was it 170 something 
Is it I think 20? 170 and a quarter. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was around one round 170. So they paid 23 yeah. spots, 22 spots. What'd they pay? Think yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Rolando was 23 right there at 170 and a quarter. Our and our man Steven Sisto right there at 22nd cast him a check. Yep. He slid, slid on in. Steve slid he 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 slid in blind on it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Sisto magic. Shane got him a check. Shane made a hell of a run at him day one. He did. He was waxing him on day one, man. I really that area that they were in because it was pretty much just like him and Dave in there on day one. I thought I thought they were gonna you know do really well on day two, having that much water to themselves. They said like ten more people showed up <laughs> at the ramp after that day one, which is you know that's part of it, I guess. Yeah, let's see. I got some questions for you, Ewing, as we as we get down here towards the, the latter part of the show. Uh, James Haberly says, "How deep was the grass you were fishing?" It was. Up the shallower part up towards the bank was probably seven foot, and then out on the edge was 10 to 11. Uh, Levi Schneider. I'm curious why Ewing made the switch from two Garmins to one Garmin, one Lowrance on his kayak. I didn't know you did that. So I did. I'll tell you the exact reason. So at Caddo, um, Bailey was catching a lot of fish on, on hard spots. And he showed me what they looked like on, on his Hummingbird. And I was like, all right. And I found out my Garmin side scan just wouldn't pick it up. And my roommate and fishing partner, he runs Lawrence's on his boat. And I really like the side scan on it. I don't like Hummingbirds. They have great maps, great images. I just don't like the units overall. I like having touchscreen and... If you get a Solix, it's kind of just hummingbirds are weird. They're out there doing all, all the knobs and buttons. And yeah, whatnot. but no. So I got that that uh, that Lawrence for the side scan, and I mean, as soon as I turned it on, I haven't adjusted the settings at all, and it looks looks probably five times better than my my Garmin side scan. But I mean, just just how the pros are doing, you got to have. A variety of brands to have the the best of both worlds. Good stuff. Uh, let's what see else here. you got? YouTube digs outdoors says with so little grass, do you think that's where all the bait fish went to, or just filled up with bass since it was the best cover around? It's best cover around, and it's in really Florida bass. They love grass. There was a lot of bait fish around, but there's there's bait fish everywhere in that lake. I actually watched. On day two, waiting on first cast, a school of needlefish came over top of the grass, and there were five and six pounders coming completely out of the water, just crushing them. And then a bass boat ran over the spot, and I didn't see any fish school for the rest of the day. <laughs> Chopped them all up. Well, those guys not know that the, that grass patch is there? They just didn't care. Oh, that, I, I think they know. It's just when you get to the – I don't know about the rest of Florida, but when you get to the Harris Chain – common courtesy between fishermen you can just throw it out of the window um, <laughs> as long as you're not damaging someone else's boat it anything goes really? i mean you can pull right in on someone just about be bumping rub rails and it's interesting it's those, it's because those pleasure of boats are pretty rowdy down there too there's not really any kind of like 
courtesy on <laughs> how close they come to you or cabin cruisers just blazing right by you, swamping you. They don't they don't seem to care. Too Ma- much. Matter of fact, I had a much better experience with the with the pleasure boaters than the bass boats. Um, I think it was really just the bass boats were trying to cut the corner to get there faster and they didn't care that I was there. Um, whereas the pleasure boaters, they were just out there having fun. So when they see me waving my arms, they'd, they'd go around. They probably thought that they were going to run up on a shoal or something, but yeah. Watch they, out, there's a shoal here. That's what you should have said to the bass boaters. I, I think if, if we go back to the Harris chain, I'm probably going to bring a big sign with an arrow on it. It says run this way. Um, if you put a no fishing sign on, that'll attract people. Don't do that. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, the, the pleasure boaters were, that's, I think that's a, a big part of what those two calls at the end of the day was. I think the tournament was most of the tournament boats were already headed back to the ramp. And when there was a lack of bass boats, I was able to keep all the pleasure boaters from, from running over the spot and giving those fish a little bit of, rest from a prop chopping over their head all day i got a lot of comments saying like rolando saying he got buzzed so close on full, full plane like pitching distance crazy yeah, they they, down yeah there. david myers on youtube says he lives on dora a lot of rental boats down there and they don't have a clue what they're doing that makes sense well, they have more of a clue than the the bass boaters that were running 20 yards in front of me all day yeah, I went was, pre-fished in the canal, in the Dora Canal, just to see it while I was down there. And it was like bumper boats. Like all, all these fools and pontoons running into trees, running at each other, trying to pull over an anchor like right there in the freaking canal that's the, the main highway. It was, uh, it was pretty wild. That's what, that's what makes that place good is when you got a lot of boat traffic stirring everything up. But they're not on plane. They're idling. So it's just pushing the bait around a little bit. Ryan, was that you that was telling me that they're challenged on driving on the highways down there too? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a mess. Uh, Florida people can't drive. No offense to, well, offense to anybody in Florida. You can probably vouch <laughs> for it. Florida is like its own special world almost. I mean, it's, it's insane. People cutting each other off at gas pumps and stuff. <laughs> they, they are just in savage mode 24 seven. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time down there since, I guess about December 20th or something just in Florida in general. And I've seen, seen some just weird stuff. People in Florida, I mean, the Josh Florida Counts. man. Meetings, I, Josh Count sure says it, it's just central Florida. It, it's not the panhandle. Don't worry. <laughs> Those guys. Uh, panhandle's pretty weird too. It's all weird. Everybody's <laughs> from everybody, everywhere. That's people that are trying to escape other States across the country. They're all moving there. And it's just, it's, it's too much. Too many much, uh, intermingling That's a good culture. thing about Arkansas, Jeff. No one wants to go there, so you're safe. Hey, hey, where I live, yeah, where I live, that is not the case. Unfortunately, everybody's moving here, and it's it's not necessarily a great thing. But we're surviving. What's next on the list, Edwin? What's your what's your next uh, your next tournament win? Um, you doing, you doing the bass stuff? You doing the bass stuff? Yeah, I'm gonna gonna do a few of the bass events. I might fish that tournament on Gunnersville, um, the Bassmaster event. It's, I mean, Gunnersville is a great lake. 
if if anyone's on the fence about it, definitely sign up. It's it should be a slugfest. Maybe not a, a hundred eight inches to lead, but it could take that. That that lake produces some giants, and there's there's just a ton of eighteen to twenty inch fish. And if you like grass fishing, it's should be a good event. Good stuff. But, uh, a couple more questions, uh, real quick. Rolando, what Garmin unit do you have, and what transducer? Uh, 93 SV. I've got LVS 32. Um, I had a GT 56 for my side and down, but I mean, no. it's, 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 it's Rolando's easy. about to tell you how to tune that thing, boy. Well, yeah, he doesn't have to because I the transducer <laughs> ripped off of it. Uh, David Neff, also on Facebook, what are your top three go to lures? I'd say drop shot, jerk bait, and chatterbait. I had the first two guests in that order. <laughs> you're sorry, I'm, I'm up in the air on. I don't know what you're probably. I don't. I don't know if I can say a swim bait is is one lure because that varies from a 2.8 Kitek to a nine inch glide bait, but just a single swim bait is is a a big player for me being. I live scope a lot. That's those are three baits that are very popular with it. So I meant to say something on your picks. Uh, I think on the day one picks, did you have a spy bait laying on your deck? Oh, that was, I think that's been laying there since Winnipesaukee. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Just in case though. It's embedded in the deck mat. I don't know where it went, but it just kind of showed up. I'd, I didn't know it was there. I cleaned out my kayak a couple of weeks back and, and the spy bait just reappeared. <laughs> just in case. Like yeah, Ryan's you hooks. never know when you're going to have to go to Beauclair and catch a couple 12 inches. Boy. Yeah. A few more. So few you're more. fishing Caddo. Are you, do you think you're going to win Caddo or is this probably going to be like a top tenner? I, th I think I'm going to let Jordan win Caddo, but Ooh, I'm going to get sex on that one. Let him win, Caddo. I hope you heard that, Marshall. Marshall's at home taping his rods back together, getting ready for Caddo. Well, there's, <laughs> no, there's no taping that back together. Bless I'm not sure oh. if it was four or five pieces, but uh, it was a lot of them. Uh, Elvis Lee mentioned something about your Garmin unit. He said that GT56 makes zero difference on your 93. You got to have the, the 106 SV Ultra to make any difference on the side scan with the 56. So maybe that's why. Well, which is, I was, I heard that as well. I think Elvis told me that when I got a 106. So I like nine go. inch units. So yeah, yeah. it's not the it, size that matters. I, I went with, with two tens or a 10 and a nine. It's, yeah. but you know, it's, 10 inches just seems like a lot, you know? Yeah. Seems yeah, it like seems a, a little excessive days. to me, but uh, no, it's, I like my setup that I have. I, I love that Lawrence. It's been a great unit for me and probably not going to change it. I've seen a lot of screenshots of Garmin side scan, even with the, the 10 and 12 inch and it's nowhere near what the Lawrence is getting. So, and I'm not, associated with either company that's just Very just my not associated with garmin for sure now you're a regular jacob wheeler that's what you are <laughs> oh uh, hey uh, <laughs> quick youtube question what jerk bait when you said when you name jerk bait in your top three is there a specific one 
throwing the mega bass like everybody else or what? You got something else? Yeah, usually just throw a mega bass. All right. Easy money. Easy stuff. I don't have any more questions lined up. Got anything else for the kid, Ryan? I don't. I don't. Uh, I was just looking at your career, uh, your career numbers here, Edwin. Uh, Seminole, 12th. Watts Bar, 2nd. Hartwell, 1st. Champlain, 5th. Susky, 2nd. Santy, 20th, which was the low baller for the check uh, for you. Broken Bow, 1st. Susky, 2nd. College Gunnersville, you won that. College Championship on Hartwell won that. Fifth at TOC and now first at Harris. Do you feel like you're on an upward trend here? No. I <laughs> feel like it, you feel like you're on a down a downslide winning I, the first event. I mean, of I'm, I'm definitely – I've learned a lot fishing all these different lakes, fishing with different people. Um, you know, I encourage people to stay with – stay with different groups of guys and, and try to learn something from, from each person that you, you talk to, you know, after practice tournament day, whatever, but you know, between all the different people I've stayed with and all the different styles of fisheries, I've definitely, definitely learned a lot as well as, you know, being on a fishing team with 30 some kids that were all recruited to, to come fishing that helps a lot to, to learn from people that are being noticed by a college coach that, you know, just whether it's going to a tournament or just going out on Cherokee and catching some crappie. I mean, how big of an advantage is having a network like that, like a team of anglers and you guys are encouraged to talk to each other and, and, you know, help each other and, and share what you found and that kind of stuff. How big of an advantage is that when you've just had, two tournaments on this body of water going into it. Like, it seems like you'd have a pretty solid idea of the breakdown of, of the different bodies of water on that chain going into it. I mean, being on that chain for 11 days, I already had a pretty solid breakdown of it. And it's not dirt. If you go to the Harris chain during a big event and you just look around, you can tell where the fish are. You'll run for three miles and not see a boat. Next thing you know, Oh, there's five boats sitting in, within 20 yards of each other right over there. It's probably bass. It's I know, like birds. I know where where Matt Millard had those because we talked after after the day we launched at the same ramp, but where he caught his fish after, on day two where he had that big bag, there were probably 25 boats sitting on that spot during the college event. I mean, it was coming, coming through Beauclair like – it was almost unsafe to run on a plane because there were so many bass boats. It was That's crazy. But yeah, really just, I mean, we were open about everything uh, with how we catch them, where we catch them. And there's always some small secrets, but it, it definitely helps. I mean, you see Hartwell there, you know, my buddies won that tournament right before I won the other one. But if you have friends that fish a body of water and there's no rules against asking them, hey. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like maybe not necessarily here fish this, 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 and this, but okay, like say like you go to Douglas right down here and they say, oh, Muddy Creek was was good for me. It'll It'll give you a – good place to narrow things down especially out of a kayak you can't cover a whole lake 
and yeah. the Harris chain especially. There were how many lakes in play? Eight or nine? Nine, I think, yeah. You, you, We didn't have enough practice to even see all of those lakes. Oh, for sure. Like, it was definitely helped me a lot to have that that previous experience. But, I mean, it made it so I wasn't able to go down there uh, early because of, you know, class missing two weeks right off the bat didn't help much. But, <laughs> I mean, then again, just that same networking stuff, like me and Jordan talking, uh, I had had eyes on the place and I knew kind of what the situation was in different places. I was able to tell them, like, don't go over there. You you might catch a 12-incher if you're lucky, or, yeah, that's a good area to be checking. So, in, regardless of if it's, you know, me, college, or anyone with just a group of buddies, uh, I mean, I've, me and Sisto talk about stuff. I talk about stuff with Dylan – uh, my brother, Jordan, usually whoever's staying in the house with me. I, when I'm staying with you, Ryan, you know, I'm pretty. Oh open yeah. About oh yeah. You'll, you'll rub, rub everybody's nose in it. If you're on them. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey speaking of, speaking of staying in a house, Billy Bowden asked, he said, tell Edwin, he's got to go to big Sam again. Ask if he's of age. He already said he's turning 21 soon, but are you going to the Rayburn hey, fall? I believe I have to. I think the college events, um, the BOS, I think it's going to be college BOS. One of them, I believe, will be in conjunction with that. Oh, okay. oh really? That's cool. Very cool. That's that's kind of kind of the rumor. Uh, a little double dip opportunity. I think, I think Seminole and Rayburn will be kind of a double dip opportunity. That's which cool, man. I think is a a pretty good idea, especially since, I mean, we'll we'll be having our expenses covered for the the team to travel down there. It means the only expense those kids have is a uh, two hundred ninety five dollar entry. Yeah, it's a lot, but you know, I don't think there's very few people, especially you know, that being sent to college by your parents that can't say, "Hey, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa," like. I need $295. I want to try fishing this tournament. It's it's just a good experience to have. And and being that the school's gonna the school covers those traveling expenses is is a pretty big deal. Hey, all this money you're winning, dude, you could stake them and then get a little payback on the, there on you the go. flip the cash, right? Do it. He's like, the wheels are turning. Look at him. Look at his eyes. Wow. Yeah, man. Uh Ewing, congrats, man. We're gonna let you slide out of here. All but, right. Unbelievable! Congrats once again. Way to start the year. We'll be pumped. Yeah, that's pretty pretty big uh, pretty big jump there uh, right out of the gate. So (laughs) we'll see what the next couple have in store for you. Thanks for having me on. You bet, buddy. Yeah, man. Good job. Yeah, good. Um, man, Ewing Miner, everybody. There you go. The kid. (laughs) He's not a kid anymore, Ryan. He's a young man. It's crazy. It is crazy. God. I mean, just you know, going through his tournament finishes that. uh, he, I feel like he cashes a check more often than he misses a check on the on the Hobie side of things. Somebody in the comments earlier said they had him at 50K in earnings. Is that accurate, do you think? Could be. I mean, lifetime or? Yeah, like over a couple of seasons of doing this because he's won a couple, came in. I mean, I would say so. Um, 
you know, TOC, Susky paid well. Broken Bow, obviously, first place paid well. TOC was a fifth place, so that paid well. Harris, obviously. Susky, second place the year before, paid well. Hartwell, he won. Watts Bar. Watts Bar was a smaller tournament. Uh, I think five grand was first for it. So that was, you know, I'd say, I mean, I'd say it's ballpark. When he's like a old guy like me, he'll be able to tell us, yeah, I paid my way through college kayak fishing. So we'll be able to tell. But, well, believe, you know, believe. you know as well as anybody, Jeff. The tricky part about fishing is just like upgrading electronics and motors and and yeah. kayaks and travel expenses. Like while it feels like you're making money doing this stuff most of the time, you are. Yeah, like Todd said, the tax man comes after that. When you win this stuff, uh, old government Uncle Sam's coming after his whatever forty two percent. Like you don't, you're not getting to keep too much out of it. Yeah, and while we were talking, this one flew by. Ryan Thompson. Oh, man. He gave us the full update on the trailer incident. So apparently the cops got there, got him back to the ramp, got his info, adjusters are involved. So they are going to get involved. That is insane. Yeah. Bunk taped on with gorilla tape. (laughs) Overheated bearing. I mean, what a disaster. Not not the least. Man, that's tough. That's tough. Oh, wait, Todd, even throwing in some KFL. He said 1-2-K in the KFL last year. Young Edwin did. Never heard of it. Yeah. And now <laughs> defunct. It's like, it's yeah, like the exit. He broke it. Get the freaking Edwin bankrupt the KFL. Good job. Edwin. Yeah, man. How did he win in the KFL? He was not. He won like performance performance artist of the week or something a couple times or something. I'm so confused by that. Got hey, that's, that's the mystery of it, brother. KBT going to be smoother. Todd, Watch. are you in the KBT? Are you on the in the board of directors or whatever? I want to know. The rebirth. Rebirth Island, Rebirth. KBT. Yeah. Who are we having on for that? I don't even know who's reached out. To, is Robert Brown involved in that? Robert game? Brown. Uh, Robert Brown reached out. Uh, Rich Biggie reached out. Uh, both volunteering to come on and shed some light uh, to the to the revamped uh, team right. series. I want to talk to him, man. I want to talk to him. I got. I got. I got, I got a lot of questions. I got a lot yeah. of questions, Jeff. I, I got homies that are on teams now. There's new teams being formed. There's another team that hadn't even been released yet that I got a graphic Ooh, on. I'm going to share that. Released? Is it the the Banditos Volume Two? No, no, it's even better. It's even better. Even better. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, Todd wasn't asked. He said so. Now he's. Ooh, they don't like dang. Todd. That's rough. Well, Todd, we like you, so that's enough. You're okay. Yeah. Heck yeah. You're okay. Ryan, what a good show, man. Good show. Solid. It was solid. Yeah. Good old, good old Edwin knocking one out first thing. You know, good way to break the ice. Need to get him a girlfriend or something. Throw him off the rails. Right. I know. That'd be a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, kidding. just kidding. JK, JK. We're going to find him on the Shreveport. Yeah. Well done, Edwin. <laughs> we love you. We're proud of you. All right, Ryan. We go. Oh, take it easy, guys.